Hey everyone, and welcome to the Brick Belt Podcast, your hub for Lego information, rankings, and more. I'm Mickey, and that's of course Ohm, and today we're going to venture into, I believe, our second ever foray into that wonderful, marvelous world of the Wheel of Randomness. I want to throw out a few apologies just for the last couple of weeks. We've been sporadic, even on this episode. Our audio quality is not going to be great. Life has been crazy for us and we're in we have not been able to record in our normal ways so please stand by and uh, please bear with us as your seatbelt as you will see the seatbelt sign above your heads has been turned on and uh, no smoking please it's a good life lesson yes all right folks we have the wheel of randomness the Wheel of Randomness, as we've done once before, is a giant spreadsheet. And we are going to go through the sets for one randomly generated topic. We also received three total topics, and we get to pick out of those to see the one we best feel like doing. And we're going to have some fun with it. We'll read off the sets and the various listings. But we're also going to... Have fun with it. Create stories. Last time we did Harbor and it was so successful, right? Uh, we now have Glade Runner shirts on our website, the Brick Belt Podcast. And we also wrote a song, which is in our season two finale. A veritable audio classic, to be sure. Without further ado, shall we? We will spin the wheel of randomness. Enter random sound effect here. Five, four, Okay, our options are buildings, Disney, and fairgrounds. So fairgrounds would include like the loop coaster, the fairground mixer, the Ferris wheel. Disney, it's pretty vague. I think that would be like uh, the Junior's Mickey Mouse sets. Anything not exclusively Disneyland related. And it, it would include, I assume, the princesses as well. And then there's buildings. It appears they've changed the name of this category, so... I'm going to say that out of our three options that the Wheel of Randomness has bequeathed to us, uh, I'm going to say probably the fairgrounds. I, I agree, and it's um, very timely. Yeah, that's fair. With the recent release of the giant four feet three feet tall loop coaster yeah welcome to lego's fairground collection a finely curated set aged for 13 years to be delivered to the product that it is today abs plastic action features for display and play this is the brickville podcast Fairground Collection. Get yours today. Call 555-555-5555. It started out as like a dramatic Netflix documentary trailer, and then it slowly morphed into just like an infomercial. Not a turn I was expecting, but one that is, I'd say, quite welcome. In total, the Fairground Collection, an illustrious group of different models that have actually been in three different themes, mind you, which is very fun, going along with that weird 
deal of creator expert advanced models icons whatever you want to call it changing names every five years um there are seven different sets in the fairground collection and only yeah there's seven different sets and they're all varying prices they're all most of them are rather on the expensive side both in the current market and the aftermarket um they're all large. A lot of them have motorizable functions. I think all of them do. And yeah. Starting off with set number 10196, the Grand Carousel, released in 2009. It, it do spinny thing. It contains nine random minifigures. These minifigures are very 2009 in their Lego design. In fact, I own the parts to make, I think... Yeah, all of them, and some of them overlap in the parts that are used. But hey, I'm not going to judge. This is 13 years old. The thing I want to note about these minifigures is there are actually four different styles of eyes present in the minifigures. You have the classic, original, just dot eyes. You have the weirdly realistic eyes from, like, early 2000s. Then you have the... 2000s, later 2000s, uh, eyes with slight irises or reflections. And then on the far right, you have, you can see in the, uh, the kind of carousel operator with glasses has the more modern city type eyes. I just think that's very weird that they included all these different kinds of eyes in one set. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it's actually a, I think it's actually a hodgepodge of things, especially these guys are the ones that creep me out the most because they have sideburns. I'm, I'm really not a fan of those 90s heads with sideburns. They originally retailed for $250 with about a little over 3,000 pieces. And it's interesting as it was built on a, uh, I believe, 32 by 32 base plate. It could be much bigger, but... Looks like 32 by 32 base plate. And I think that's interesting, as I don't believe, while well, later iterations of like the carousel and other fairground things were built on base plates, most of them were more custom built. You didn't have these big old green corners that just are empty on the edges of the, you know, circular carousel. So, yeah, this retailed for $250, so we're at 3,263 pieces back in the day. And it included power functions, a good deal. It's now 10 times the price new on the aftermarket. So, good luck, people. One thing well, I think is interesting about this set is kind of the mechanism for how uh, the horses and other things on here move about is that they're attached by those sort of poles with studs on the end just directly to the ceiling. And they're loosely attached through a uh, two by two by two with like one of those bracket things on the ends, uh, just attached to a pole, a bar, so that that can just kind of hold on so it doesn't fly off. And I think that's kind of interesting how the mechanism works. So it's technically attached to the ceiling, and it's not even like touching the floor. Really interesting how they're able to build that. I like how this is a. Uh creator expert set and it has even for 2009 nice parts usage also known as npu it has 
gesture caps and dish plates being used um, on each and upside down beards on each, I guess, facet of the carousel, much like a lot of the fairground carousels I've seen in real life. And these very cool long mirror stickers. Again, they did their research on carousels. If I had one criticism for this set, it would be that the power functions integration in like the operator station is a little bit ugly. But again, such a bonus that they were able actually to give you those power functions pieces in this set instead of just a weird add-on and another thing. Because uh, it is... These power functions are actually critical to how the set was designed. So without it, you just have a weird floating platform, and that would be weird. Uh, so yeah, that would be my only criticism. It's pretty good for a 2009 build. There's some weird stickers on the horses, weird color matching, but overall, I'm a fan of it. Our next set is a classic that actually showed five years after the original carousel. And it is the Fairground Mixer, at least for $150 for 1,746 pieces. It comes with 12 minifigures that I think are much better than the original carousel minifigures. Uh, there's like a juggler with, some, with a cool building thing to make the pins juggle. A uh, bunch of alternate base pieces for like nauseous people. And there's a lot of side builds. There's ticket booths, uh, hammer challenge i guess you could call it dunk tanks the truck that carries around this giant thing and of course the mixer which is this complicated system where it's like it's like two axes of spinning on just just on like a random truck trailer and it all folds up and it all fits together into this into these two trucks right here and it just can drive away. It's that really traveling aspect of a fairground. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, this has 1,746 pieces retailing for 140. In my opinion, and I own this set, actually, I have a story. I was in the Lego set, the Lego store, as you do, with my father. And we were looking at Lego, as one does. And he said, ooh, they're doing fairground sets now because back in 2009 i would not have been buying lego i think i got my first set in 2009 so i wasn't really there yet maybe 2010 anyway we're getting off track the mixer is pretty cool it does spin around my concern is it's more of a playset out of all of these it doesn't have a base plate or a defined base and it's not pretty it looks like your pop-up uh, pop carnival and in fact everything you have like a hammer game a dunk game that all of these games work a ticket booth uh, the juggler on stilts and a crank system i actually did turn it into power functions but the crank system does pack away into two trucks they give you plus the entire mixer folds up into a trailer and you can, you know, drive it around throughout your city and go in different stops. It's kind of fun. It also came out with a bunch of cool glow-in-the-dark pieces. Again, for that uh, sideshow feel of sorts that actually make good lightsabers. Yep, yeah, pretty much 
both of us just kind of summed up our thoughts. Uh, the thing I want to note is actually the main mixer truck is actually, in my opinion, from what I remember, the, one of my favorite parts of the set because you can there's so much interior space in the main cab of it. There's like a bed on the top. There's seats in there. I don't know how much I can talk about that, but I don't know. I just that part always still stood out to me that they were able to fit so much in this little uh, truck and make it that much more realistic to what it would be like. That's my favorite part. I've spent about as much time playing with the entire set as I've spent just playing with that truck, just taking the roof off and staring at it and putting it back because it's just, it's beautiful. It is, I would say out of this entire set, that truck is definitely creator expert material. So I have found no undercurrent and no recurring minifigs. There were 12 in the mixer, in case we didn't say. We now have set 10247 Ferris Wheel from 2015, retailing for 200 bucks, a good price for 2,500 pieces. It's huge and it has 10 figures. And um, I think this is actually a really fun set. I saw it in the catalog. It's a giant Ferris wheel with 12 buckets and it's it spins around. I'm a fan of this set because I really like uh, both the color scheme of kind of the trans yellow and uh, in the center, I guess you'd call it like the center flower part of it. Um, I also think it's interesting the color scheme they went for with the buckets and how the buckets are the more traditional kind of Ferris wheel buckets, where it's just like a roof, a pole, and then a very small bucket with benches and stuff. I'm also a fan of uh, the, the massive amounts of like complicated geometry it must have taken to be able to get this into the right shape and everything that 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 is to me really cool and then um i'm also a fan of little details that uh are really similar to how an actual ferris wheel works like you can see on the right side of the ferris wheel on the right support beams there's uh some wheels that are actually basically the only thing that turn the entire wheel as those tiny, just like tires, turn the huge wheel. And I just think that's a really cool attention to detail of how they actually got it to work. There are some beautiful tree pieces with new as of that time, uh, a new flower piece and new flower stems. And when I first saw this come out, I didn't care about the actual set. I wanted those trees. So... Again, creator expert level stuff. Props to Lego. Next up, we have another carousel, which is interesting. This one retails for two hundred or retailed for two hundred US dollars, which was fifty dollars less than the original carousel, which makes sense as this is a rather smaller but much more detailed and grander, in my opinion, carousel. Um, it's not built on a base plate; it's built on sort of a custom. Base plate built out of just plates. Um, there's a much smaller cranking system, so no power functions unless you want it to be incorporated, with which there are clear places to put those pieces for power functions. Instead of just being horses and like a boat or something, you have all sorts of animals. You have an elephant, flamingo, swan, a tiger, a frog, and I believe another thing. It's I think it's a horse, but I'm not sure about that. And um, 
I don't know. It's much smaller, but I think it's more detailed. There's some nice uh, usage of kind of curved horn pieces, some nice usage of tiara crown pieces, uh, some nice printed book pieces as well, and some large fabric pieces for the top canopy, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's just a tiny little ticket booth on the left side. And then, yeah, this is a much more built up base than the original one. And as such, the carousel function works much more like the original one, like, like an actual carousel would where the pole to go to the floor and move the thing up and down actually like goes through the, in this case, animal. I think it's really interesting how they're able to get that to work. Again, with the affordable $200 price, because it's unlicensed, um, it's, yeah, it's a pretty good price. It's more advanced in building techniques significantly. We both have a mutual friend who owns this. It is very majestic in real life, and it's pretty big. This is one where if you can pick it up, it's definitely worth it. Next, we have 10261 Roller Coaster. From 2018, retailing for $380. This knocked everyone's socks off. It introduced the Lego roller coaster track piece on a very uh, otherwise very bland set built on just a bunch of 16 by 16 plates. And it's a red roller coaster. It's a lift hill with a lot of annoying chains. You go up and you go down and you go up and then you go down and you spin and you circle and you're done. A um, couple of the fun things. It has a very nice loading area and it has, I believe, a second train that you can switch tracks. Yes, you can. And you can do it all with cranks by hand or all motorized, which is fun. This is very interesting because before this set, Connects had a monopoly on construction roller coasters. I have seen the Connects ones in person and they are pretty cool. This doesn't really compete because it's way more expensive, but it's more an option for Lego purists and Lego fans to, I guess, stick with Lego. And like the Ferris wheel, it has a, a cotton candy stand, which is always fun. I wonder if in this universe there is like like a cotton candy chain. I bet you it's just called cotton candy. It is. Now I need to see if the logo is the same on... No, never mind. The Ferris wheel has an ice cream vendor. That's sad. It's a tragedy for all people who hoped for fake Lego lore to ever exist in the fairground collection. The good thing is that the set does include ice cream as well, but... The cotton candy machine and the new cotton candy piece, I should have mentioned, are pretty cool. After a fair run of Fairground Collection sets, with sets in 2014, 2015, 2017, 2018, we skipped two years, and then we popped up in 2020 with the Haunted House, which is, it retails for, retails, I guess, uh, for 250 US dollars with 3,231 pieces. 10 minifigures. Pretty cool set. It's, uh, if I were to think of an analog with other, um, like, in real life rides, I would say this is Haunted Mansion meets Tower of Terror, because that's basically what it is with a uh, Lego Adventurers 
kind of reskin theme. There's lots of cool details, builds from Lego Adventure sets, which we have talked about in the past. Um, this is all themed around the, the mythical, I guess you could call it, uh, Manor von Baron, who is, this is apparently the household, the haunted household of Baron von Baron, the hook-handed villain of the Avengers theme. There's all sorts of things. There's uh, jackal statue heads, there's a sphinx head, an obelisk. Um, there's Junkbot, which is a great reference. Um, there's like the weird sphere of Oleg or whatever it is. Uh, there's something from a Himalayan shrine, which is pretty cool. All sorts of things. Cool mechanism to let this vehicle go up this very tall tower and then just free fall down but be caught. Um, if I were to look at connected threads, I can see that a one of the visitors from this haunted house with the sort of uh, swept over the face blonde hair is actually the cotton candy uh, cart proprietor in the previous roller coaster set. So there's it your is. connection. There's your connection. Oh, this is the one set that doesn't need connections because it has actual story and Easter eggs. But and okay. here we are. <laughs> Um, there's some cool functions other than the elevator thing. There's this, uh, sort of cool light-up feature where this painting of Baron Von Baron holding a jewel, presumably stolen, um, and you can press a button in the back and it will light up and there will be this sort of ghostly sphinx head in the background leering over him. There's also this cool feature where you can turn a gear and, uh, the doors will automatically open, which is, in my opinion, pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's some cool minifigures. There's, like, these two twins, which is kind of weird. Two ghosts, uh, five visitors. All pretty cool. Any thoughts on them? Well, I find it very interesting that one of these figures has a... I don't know if it's New Brixton or not, but a hidden side jersey. So, does that mean... Because the only other sets I know of that have it are the vintage car. The vintage car makes sense, but does that mean this exists within the Lego Hidden Sign universe? And if so, how would people react knowing that monsters are real in this haunted house? I mean, there are two ghosts there, and we don't know if they're real ghosts or not, so... Well, I would assume they aren't real ghosts, given by the fact that Lego did not use their ghost mold on these figures. Or perhaps the ghost mold broke, I don't know. Which is so very sad, as that's a classic mold. Well, it got updated a lot. It used to have the smile, and then they made it a frown, and now it's just a hole. <laughs> yeah. Then we have, and it seems like now they're doing fairground sets every two years. Uh, the loop coaster, and it's loopy, and it. It's $400 for less than 4,000 pieces, but it has technique, so I'll give it a break. It also has it, the track pieces, which are, again, one of those bigger pieces that will bump up the price. So It just released July 1st, I believe, so 10 days ago as of recording, and it has a, a giant stick that you go up, and then you fall, and then you go down. Fun fact, I watched some YouTube videos. If this was a real roller coaster, it would kill you. Um, 
you just plunge straight down. You do two loop-de-loops and you're done. It's really short, but it has the possibility for modding. My thing with the set personally, I think it's kind of ugly compared to the other roller coaster, which I don't know. It felt more balanced in composition than this. What do you think? Um, I think that they went they went for definitely a different sort of theme with kind of this more galactic, starry theme that you can see on the lift tower and other places. Um, I do think the color scheme is weird. I would like for there to be, it's more of like a weird, more modern coaster that would be built like today rather than the more classical coaster that was um, in the other one. Um, I'm a fan of how the entire system for this set can be controlled by one crank and not multiple cranks like the other roller coaster, which might be nice to have multiple cranks so you can stop in different places, but I don't know, that's just me. Uh, the counterweight system for this lift tower is kind of crazy. There's basically two cars going up this long tower. There's one that holds the track that holds the roller coaster train. And then there's um, actually a roller coaster track going up the side of the other side of this tower that holds this rolling car that is able to act as sort of an uh, opposite pulley system. I think that's pretty cool. The color scheme, again, weird. I My favorite color in general and my favorite Lego color is this flame yellowish-orange used for the track, so that's nice. Um, I'm also a fan of the station. I think that's pretty cool how they have these sort of twinkly lights that really are fairground-esque, I guess you could call it. And yeah, uh, I like how they use two different kinds of loops. One of them is a teardrop loop and one of them is more typical more circular loops. So that's pretty fun. Again, this is a very unrealistic coaster. It would not look like this. Uh, but they included loops. They included a dive because the dive coaster is, in this instance, necessary for it, the train to make the loop. Otherwise, it would never make it across and it would just stop. But yeah, it's obscenely tall. And I don't know where anyone would ever find the space to put this. But yeah. If you like it and you have a space, by all means. Honestly, uh, props to Lego, though, for making it look like very amusement parky. Less of um, like a pop-up, like many of the other ones. Well, not the roller coaster, but both roller coasters are not Mad Mouse roller coasters. They're the more permanent type. This very much looks like a Six Flags roller coaster where it's terribly ugly, but... I guess, very thrilling for people. Um, on a completely different note, but related to this, it's fun because we don't necessarily look at city sets too often because they're not, their quality has really gone down in the last 10 years. However, looking at this, which has a lot of minifigures, it has 11 figs and a hot dog stand and a pretzel cart and a balloon cart. I think it's really fun to see the diversity Lego's actually putting into their figures nowadays in 2022. They are trying to keep up with the times. They've got figures who um, are clearly people of color, even though everyone has the same yellow skin color. It actually nowadays means, hey, it's okay to use yellow to represent 
different races and ethnicities and uh, just different hair choices, different. Um, there's the character with a, there's that same head we mentioned in Lego inclusivity episodes. There is a head we mentioned, which has gotten a reuse, which is um, a woman with a cochlear implant. And she is the right operator here. And it's just cool to see a lot of diversity in the Lego figs. It's what I like in my Lego city, in my Lego universes. So it's, it's fun to see. Good, good job, Lego, for listening to your fan base for once. Two things I would like to note before we move off this topic is, uh, firstly, um, I think that personally, after thinking it through a bit, I'm more of a fan of the original roller coaster. As crazy as it is, I think the original roller coaster is more realistic, both from a design standpoint, as again, this roller coaster would probably kill you from the G-forces and everything. Um, but also just all the little touches that they added to that roller coaster that made it that much more realistic instead of relying on purely physics in this new loop coaster, such as if you look at the original roller coaster from 2018, um, at the top of the lift hill, the drive tires at the top, that is classic roller coaster stuff. If the drive tires aren't included into the track, they're on the side of the track. That's super cool. And I'm also a big fan of the switch track system that allows you to run two trains on this uh, roller coaster. Well, the loop coaster does not allow you to run two trains because just as soon as you dispatch the first one, it's back again in like five seconds. Um, but yeah. Also, something I wanted to notice, uh, the last three sets have all had a uh, person who has the same hairstyle. Although in the loop coaster, it is a blue hair now instead of blonde. So there's your connection. Maybe, maybe, maybe they dyed their hair. I don't know. Maybe this person tried something new with their hair. I'm gonna say that this person, they are in all of these Lego sets. Well, the last three, I believe. Am I wrong? I believe. Yeah, I believe the from... last three was the cotton candy stand owner, then just a guest in the haunted house and loop coaster. Yeah, I guess they're just. Going around doing stuff. I quit the cotton candy business. Maybe they made her rich. That'd be funny. It's like, I'm rich. I own this park, actually. And I'm pulling a Walt Disney and just, like, hiding out and seeing if anyone recognized me. But I've gotten so famous, I have to dye my hair to enjoy my own park. I don't know. It's complicated. This is our Lego fan fiction fairground sets episode, so we're doing our best, okay? We're trying our best to pull at loose narrative threads that don't exist to create an interwoven story. Hey, we're doing what big corporations do for movie sequels. Speaking of which, Minions Rise of Gru. Maybe people will listen to this episode while wearing a suit or dress or other implement that's very formal. I would recommend, you know, if you're listening to this right now, be a gentle minion and dress, dress up while listening to this episode of the Brickwell podcast. Just see do it now, in public. See, now, I don't think we can call uh, people who listen to our episode in more formal wear gentle minions because that would be stealing the already great names. We need to come up with a new name. Gentle Brickers. Sure, we're gonna we're gonna go with that. We're gonna workshop it for later. We'll we'll figure it out. All of you gentle people out there, we will call you the gentle brickers. Mm. Show your Victorian sense of superiority by 
looking good while your ears listen good, I guess. Look good, eat good, listen good. This is the Burkeville Podcast. In fact, Mickey and I are both actually dressed up in black suits. Uh Armani, hand-tailored Armani black suits as we record this episode. And you can't check that because this is an audio podcast. We got you. We tricked you. We were being gentle brickers the entire time. We are the original gentle brickers. Which only makes sense, as we are the originators of the soon-to-be extremely popular, by no doubt, term. Yes, all five of you listeners enjoy it. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Brick Belt Podcast. If you want to help us continue with the show, please rate us on whatever podcast platform you're using. It really helps. Also, please subscribe to our show so that you can be one of the first to know when we have a new show up. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm switching it up this time. Now you say the next one. Make sure to spread the word on social medias and in real life and on social medias. Then visit our website, The Brickville Podcast, or go to our social media Instagram, which is the only one we have. Click on the link in the bio and you will go to our website. And then enjoy because we have behind the scenes stuff, uh, an archive of all of our episodes. We've got, yeah, special stuff, show notes. We keep a few of those up there um, just to tease y'all. We've got an about a section and of course our store. And remember, oh wait, I have a better ending than that. Thanks for listening. You can take off that suit now. You don't need to gentle brick while you're not listening to the episode. Enjoy your day.